Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. number two of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's Wednesday. It's March 29th. He's Bob Kemp. Kayla Mortolaro with you. Baseball season is here. The Diamondbacks, they open up the season on the road. They have a four-game set with the Dodgers, two games against the Padres, and then they are here April 6th through 9th for their opening weekend of festivities and it will be a busy weekend with an opening day street festival on Thursday April 6th post game fireworks on Friday April 7th so you can kick off the new Diamondback season by securing your tickets over at dbacks.com slash tickets if you haven't already been doing so download the KDOS 1060 app and follow along with the instructions to see if you're eligible to win uh, pairs of tickets to April 6th contest in addition to that listen to us right here on KDOS AM 1060 as we will be giving away a pair of tickets in today's show. And because we're up until noon today, uh, it's likely happening in this hour. Let's reset. Yeah, (laughs) unless I forget. You're in charge of this. Hopefully I don't forget. This is is not on me for a change. Yes, Yes, that's correct. As we All on you. T- yeah, thank you. As we typically no do, uh, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions here. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, keeping with the baseball theme. Which of the following most likely represents the National League in the World Series? Options, Atlanta, L.A., New York, or San Diego? San Diego uh, furthering its lead now at 50% of the vote. Los Angeles at 30%. And Atlanta and New York at 10% each. Maybe the Matt Schneider influence there since he has the Padres winning the World Series. That's entirely possible, which you can podcast the interview you did with Matt Snyder, KDOS1060.com and on the KDOS1060 app. On Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, for the Diamondbacks, they're sitting at 75 and a half wins on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, so over, under, and over is on 60% of the vote, under sitting at 40%. Yeah, um, I'm actually, I'll get to the answer here eventually. I'm going to make an official decision on this by tomorrow morning. If I do anything, it's going to be the over, but I'll explain my reasoning or (laughs) non-reasoning, depending on your viewpoint, when we get to the official answer to the question later in the hour. A lot of teasing going. We got a lot of teasing going on here so far this hour from that's, both of us. Apparently, that's that's the name of the game here today. Uh, 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to join the show. We'll take some calls around eleven fifteen. But let's get started here in uh, Major League Baseball and breaking down these divisions here. And well, let's start with the American League and the American League East. So you have the Orioles. They surprised everyone last season with 83 wins. Will the pitching be enough as they're counting on Kyle Brandish and Grayson Rodriguez? Then in this division, the Red Sox, Xander Bogarts left, signed Rafael Devers, brought in Justin Turner, a rotation here of Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, Nick Panetta, uh, Pavetta and James Paxton. The Yankees injuries now, Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, Frankie Montas, 
Blue Jays, Blue Jays, of course, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. brought in Dalton Varsho in the trade with the Diamondbacks and the Rays. Uh, can Wander Franco be the hometown hero? So there's a lot to unpack here in this AL East. Okay. I'm just going to go. I'll go one through five here. I'm, I'm, I'm actually picking Tampa to win the division uh, in part because, you know, they seem to do things when you, you know, I don't know how they do it, but then they get 25 guys out there, 26 now, I guess, all the time. And, you know, they have, I think, even, uh, you know, with some starting pitching issues to begin the season, I think they still have the deepest pitching staff, the, the, uh, the one that I trust the most of all these teams in this division. So I'm taking Tampa number one here. The Yankees, you mentioned the fact that Severino and also Rodon are going to start the uh, season on the injured list. Looks like Rodon's going to be out for the first month of the season, uh, at least according to a couple of reports from uh, yesterday afternoon from New York. Toronto, I'm sorry. Uh, I understand everybody in the world's on Toronto. I just don't trust them. Uh, I don't trust their pitching staff. I also don't think their bullpen is nearly as reliable is Tampa uh, and maybe New York if New York has their dudes and we're not sure about that either. I'm not buying Baltimore. I think that they uh, you know benefit they had everything go right for them last year. You mentioned Grayson Rodriguez. They've already sent him down to the minor leagues in the last 24 hours. Uh, even though I'm not think I don't think he's going to be down there for very long, but he's a rookie. So, you know, I don't think he's going to make a you know, a difference as far as the standings in this division in his first season. And I think the Red Sox are a mess. Uh, so, you know, I don't like their starting pitching or bullpen at all, quite frankly, other than, you know, hopefully Kenley Jansen's okay. And he had a you know, scare over the weekend. So we'll see what's up with that. But I, you know, I think that the outfield starting pitching and shortstop, or huge issues for the Red Sox, among many other things, in my opinion. So I think they're the, they were last place last year in this division. I don't think they've done anything to get better than the four teams ahead of them this year. When we move into the AL Central, okay, so the White Sox here, was the issue just all Tony Larusa? When you have the Guardians, they're the ones that won the division. They made the postseason last year. They added Josh Bell in the offseason. The Tigers, everyone seemed to have high hopes for them last year, and they completely disappointed. So is this is this going to be much of the same, or is there just going to be some sort of send-off here for Miggy and his time in Major League Baseball? The Royals, uh, they were able to clean house last offseason here so will that make anything different and for the twins i mean you have the carlos correa saga and he's back after all of that <laughs> that's true it's a good way to put it uh let me start with cleveland you know certainly the tristan mckenzie thing it looks like he's going to miss a few weeks at least uh maybe up to two months uh with his injury over the weekend and it's disturbing because he had a little bit of this at the end of last year and you've had all this time to rest and you come back in spring training and you don't make it through spring training and have the same issue. I'm still taking Cleveland to win the division. 86 and a half is the season win total. And I'm still pondering taking this over. It'd be over or pass for me on that. I do think Minnesota is the second best team. I think LaRusa was just bashed for no good reason last year, quite frankly. This is a horribly constructed team last year. It's gotten a little bit better this year because at least they have one outfielder that can make a play other than Luis Robert. They have Ben Attendee now. I mean, it was they're the, they were the worst defensive team on, on planet Earth uh, last year. I don't care. You know, maybe inclu including some T-ball teams, they were worse than that. 
so I think that they're no better than third in this division, and I actually think they could actually finish lower than third. Uh, fourth would be Detroit, and uh, the only reason Detroit's fourth in this division because Kansas City's in this division, and they're awful. Uh, they did. You're totally right. They cleaned house, but they needed a clean house. You know, general manager gone, manager gone, a uh, whole bunch of players gone. Uh, they do have. Uh, they, they've done a really poor job of developing talent, or either either they've done a poor job of developing talent, or the talent was overrated when they drafted them or acquired them. Uh, then we move into the AL West here. So you have the Angels. If Otani stays healthy, uh, goodness gracious, could we see just more records being broken and more amazing feats taking place? Of course, Mike Trout and his health situation as well. The A's, I guess the question here is, are they staying in Oakland? Uh, the Mariners, they ended the playoff drought last year. Can they continue to build on that? They brought in Colton Wong, brought in A.J. Pollock. And, of course, you have Julio Rodriguez. Is he ready to take yet another step for them the Rangers Jacob DeGrom comes in he hasn't thrown more than 92 innings in a season though since 2019 they also added Nathan Avaldi to the rotation and for the Astros no Justin Verlander but time for them to see the rest of the pitching staff that's darn good step up Framber Valdez Christian Javier Jose Urquidy you do have Jose Altuve hurt though to start the year and McCullers is also out to begin this season. That's how last season ended was his, with him being injured. I think they still win the division, uh, you know, partly because I really don't think anybody else is capable of winning this division. I do think that Texas, you know, not, not only is Degrom. I mean, they've got you know five starting pitchers, and you know they're 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 starting ro- their projected rotation. Four of these guys have an injury history. And uh, Perez wasn't all that great before last season when he was really good and somewhat lucky, even if you the metrics people really think he was lucky, which I don't disagree with. And I also thought that I watched a lot. Of, I had him on a fantasy team, so I watched basically every pitch the dude threw, and it seemed like he was the king of line drive outs to get out of innings, <laughs> which is unlikely to happen two consecutive years. Uh, but uh, I have Houston one, Seattle two. I'm not quite buying that uh, they're going to take the quote the next step because they took a big step last year, but I think they're still the second best team in this division. Texas three. I'm not buying the Angels. Uh, between Trout, who can't make it through uh, more than 120 games for you know, really since 2019 or 18, one of those two years, and the fact that Anthony Rendon is a, you know still a key part of their team, and you know, unfortunately he's been hurt a lot. And the the A's uh, have uh, the A's and the Washington Nationals are the two worst teams in baseball. So for the Angels, do you expect that conversation will start to heat up for one, how much money Otani is going to make, and two, what team he'll be making that money with? I don't think there's a whole lot of debate here. Quite frankly, he's on the Dodgers next year. All right. Well, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, L.A. Dodgers. Goodness gracious. They, they, is that just from them, like, not doing much to make room for him this offseason? That has something to do with it. I don't think there's – I think everybody seems to believe that one of the reasons that their payroll took a couple steps down is that uh, they're gearing up to go after Otani this offseason. Obviously, you know, the Southern California market is huge for him. Otani is reportedly – I'm not having personally said, I heard him say this or through a translator say this, that he's not interested in New York, but it seemed there seems to be a belief that he's not interested in going to New York. Well, let's. The Mets or the Yankees. 
Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll take your calls if you'd like to join the program, 602-260-1060. And then we'll also get into the National League on the other side of the break. Uh, That is coming up here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports, 602-260-1060 is the number. Bob uh, and I will go through the National League as well on the other side of the break. And we still have those Diamondback tickets to give away as well as the D-backs are facing the Dodgers well to start the season for them but they're in LA this weekend then you have the Padres on the road and then they're back home to kickstart the home portion of their year April 6th through 9th and we'll have tickets to the April 6th contest but not quite yet more baseball conversation coming up next here on KDOS AM 1060. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 on this Wednesday, March 29th, 11.20 a.m. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Let's continue the Major League Baseball conversation, diving into the National League. And we'll start with the NL East. Uh, so you have the Braves. So long, Dansby Swanson. Hello, Vaughn Grisham. Pitching is intact. Is Ronald Acuna Jr., though, ready to return to form? For the Nationals, it's going to be a long, rough year for them. Uh, The Mets, injuries already, counting on Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer in their arms. Did they add a big enough bat in the offseason? The Phillies, Reese Hoskin injured, Bryce Harper starting on the injured list. Can Trey Turner parlay the WBC into the start of the Phillies' year? Good question there with Turner. I mean, he is tremendous, and he's going to lead off for them, and uh, we'll see uh, how that order goes for you know, after Turner because I assume they maybe want to move Schwarber down a little bit and have him in a power source place without Hoskins and Harper. But I know a lot of people have changed their picks in this division because of the what's happened in the last month or so. You know, Atlanta is going to start the season without Wright and also Iglesias. You know, the Mets, obviously, with the Diaz injury, among other things. Philadelphia, as you mentioned, Harper and Hoskins. I really haven't changed my order here at all. Uh, you know, I'm certainly aware of those injuries and, and uh, their situations, but I still have Atlanta winning the division. They've won this division, was it, five years in a row or something like that now. Uh, and uh, New York second, Philadelphia third, Miami fourth, and then Washington fifth. But uh, I think actually – the Braves eventually, uh, you know, the, the right injury and hopefully the Iglesias thing, I say hopefully because I have Iglesias on a fantasy team, hopefully aren't long-term. They're not expected to be long-term. Uh, and as long as those two guys are going to fit the role as the third or fourth starting pitcher uh, in the case of uh, uh, for right, and then obviously closing games as far as Iglesias, they let Jansen leave in the offseason and go to Boston. As long as those two guys are – Pitching by, say, May 1st, I feel pretty confident that the Braves still win the division. 
Over in the NL Central, the Brewers is Christian Yelich returning to MVP form. Do we like the pitching staff for the Brewers? The Cardinals, big changes behind the plate. Also, do they have enough pitchers? The Cubs, Dansby Swanson has joined. Did they improve their pitching in the offseason? As for the Reds, Joey Votto, is he really Joey Votto again? They traded some homegrown pieces, so is that going to make the fan base happy? Pirates, what are the expectations here? Are these young players actually developing? I think St. Louis is the obvious favorite to win this division, but they've got pitching staff injuries to begin the year, including Wainwright, who apparently is going to miss more than just a start or two to begin the season. I've been flipping back and forth as far as you know, second and third here. I've actually strongly considered the Cubs. Don't quite consider them. They don't quite trust their starting pitchers. And then uh, I mentioned this with uh, Matt Schneider uh, from CBSSports.com during the Sports Zone today. This is just a stupid thing for me to do. Uh, but as far as uh, the the Brewers are concerned, yeah, I watched uh, you know, you know yesterday. You know, this is a spring training game. I understand, but Peralta looked really good. And uh, if, you know, he's a guy that kind of uh, not his fault, but sunk their season last year when he got hurt. They also did a really bad job last year in Milwaukee as far as injury management go, uh, went. Excuse me. They had a lot of dudes that got hurt, and they brought them back too soon. And I mean, you know, more than two or three. It was like seemingly a handful of guys. I assume they'll do a better job with that. And I think Council is still the best manager, maybe in baseball, but certainly in this division. So I'm going St. Louis 1, Milwaukee 2, Cubs 3. I do like what they've done defensively. I uh, don't know if they have enough offense, and I don't trust their starting pitching, as you mentioned. I think that Pittsburgh has clearly moved ahead of the Reds. The Reds are awful. Uh, they were awful last year, and I think they're going to be worse this year. Pittsburgh does have some interesting young talent, and at some point I assume this young talent's going to get better. They got a little bit better last year, uh, but I think that the, you know, the Pittsburgh clearly ahead of the Reds. The Reds probably behind you know Washington and Oakland, but they're a candidate for the worst team in baseball too, in my opinion. Over in the NL West, the Dodgers, they lost Trey Turner, lost Justin Turner, lost Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux injury, Walker Bueller and Tony Gonsolin are starting on the injured list. For the Padres, you still have Juan Soto, Manny Machado, bring in Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr. at some point will be coming back from his suspension. Uh, Those are some bats right there. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Michael Waka now on the mound. For the Giants, they didn't get Carlos Correa, they didn't get Aaron Judge, but they did get Michael Conforto. They have Logan Webb, Alex Cobb. They brought in Sean Manaya. As for the Rockies, uh, I, I, I guess the big talking point here is Chris Bryant, because other than that, I don't know what else they have. For the Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll looking for him uh, to take that next step. They believe in him, locked him up long term, brought in Gabriel Moreno at catcher, Zach Gallen looking for another year of greatness. Will they have uh, enough young guys to fill out that rotation? Yeah, as far as the Diamondbacks are concerned, we'll get into them a little more in the next segment with the poll question. But you met Mar- you mentioned Marino, and uh, and they they're, they're going to need him now because Carson Kelly's going to be out for an extended period of time after he got injured during spring training when he got hit by a pitch. And and I've been on this uh, Padres ahead of the Dodger thing since the start of spring training. I must admit I did waver some here in the last couple of weeks you know Musgrove's going to start the year on the injured list but it looks like he's not going to miss more than maybe a start and uh might even pitch uh, the first weekend 
against the uh, Diamondbacks. So we'll see how that goes. Or next week before they come here. I guess that's a Tuesday, Wednesday thing uh, next week in San Diego before the Diamondbacks finally begin their home schedule. I still have San Diego 1. You mentioned the Dodgers situation. I think that sums it up really well. There's There's more questions than we've had regarding the Dodgers in a long time. You know, they've gone from a couple years ago when they had too many guys. They had like eight guys to fill five rotation spots. And and then they had guys get hurt during the season. And this year it's, uh, do they have enough guys? And at spring training, Syndergaard's just been awful uh, in some of these spring training games. So I don't know if they can, quote, count on him. Gonsolin starting the season on the injured list. I actually think the Diamondbacks can finish third in this division because I'm not completely buying the Giants, but maybe I shouldn't write off the Giants too quickly because it seems like no matter who they seemingly pick up off the scrap heap, uh, guys that have had success in the past who look like they're kind of done, they seem to be rejuvenated once they get to San Francisco. Uh, so maybe I should, maybe I'm shortchanging the Giants here a little bit. I think uh, once again, it seems like all. Every division, the fifth-place team is pretty obvious to me, and it's Colorado here. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, Pretty obvious, to say the least. Um, So when it comes to World Series predictions here, it's hard to argue against the Astros, but at some point there will be a regression. But is it this year? Uh, the uh, You're not a high on the Blue Jays. A lot of other people are high on the Blue Jays. And then when you flip Every, it over... Everybody other than me <laughs> is high on the Blue Jays, it appears. <laughs> and then when you flip it over to, not to completely answer our uh, Twitter poll question in regards to the National League here, but it's hard to argue against the Padres and what they were able to do in the offseason. Uh, at the trade deadline last year and in the offseason this year, clearly going for it. But again, the Braves just continue to be uh, steady as it goes, even losing some pieces, bringing in equal or better talent after the the loss. Yeah, so I'm going to give it away here. I'll explain my National League answer when we get to the next segment. But I have Atlanta over Tampa in the World Series. And uh, I just, uh, the one thing about Tampa is that we have, every team seems to be spending more money this offseason because we have a new collective bargaining agreement and so forth. And Usually in baseball, the first year of that collective bargaining agreement, team payrolls go up, and that certainly has happened this offseason heading into this year. And Tampa Bay's even spent money. And I wouldn't be shocked if Tampa Bay actually went out and made some trade deadline additions and spent some more money. And there's no question that Tampa Bay has prospects to actually make those kind of deals when we get to the trade deadline at the end of July, first part of August. So I'm taking Tampa in the American League, and I just think the Braves are the best team. Uh, I'm assuming that, obviously, the starting pitchers that I mentioned earlier, well, the starting pitcher, Wright, uh, who was the only guy that won 20 games in baseball last year. I'm not expecting him to do that again, even if he's completely healthy uh, from day one, which he is not. But he's certainly a, a key part of the rotation. And the Iglesias thing, I think, is very important for him, uh, them also. And they think, at least last I saw yesterday afternoon, they think he'll be back within a couple of weeks after uh, he had the spring training issue here just last weekend. So I'm going with Atlanta against uh, Tampa Bay, and I have Atlanta winning the World Series. You know, that's not uh, overly difficult to, to see that happening, at least from the Atlanta side of things. And then interesting about the Rays and being able to have some prospects and just kind of how they're building and, and doing it in the market that they are in. 
Yeah, they've been doing this for quite a while. Obviously, uh, there are a couple different general managers and a couple of different managers, for that matter. And uh, it's I think the Rays are the point now where you should be surprised if they don't do well instead of asking why are they doing so well. Well, it's time right now. Caller number three, 602-260-1060. You are the winner of a pair of tickets to the Diamondbacks home opener uh, April 6th. That's Thursday, April 6th, 602-260-1060 is the the number to dial. Caller number three, 602-260-1060. Baseball season is here and the Diamondbacks will face the Dodgers April 6th through 9th during their opening weekend series. There will be the opening day street festival on Thursday. Thursday, April 6th, post-game fireworks on Friday, April 7th, and you can kick off the new season and secure your tickets at dbacks.com slash tickets. So caller number 3-602-260-1060, you are the winner of today's pair of tickets to Thursday, April 6th contest. On the other side, we answer the poll questions. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. HD Radio is here for KDOS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Welcome back to Extra Point. It's 1135 right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Congratulations to our winner for the pair of tickets to the Diamondbacks home opener April 6th. Uh, once again, tickets can be purchased at dbacks.com slash tickets for the opening weekend against the Dodgers. We'll have more pairs of tickets uh, the rest of this week. In addition to that, download the KDOS 1060 app and uh, follow along with the instructions for what you need to do to be eligible. We have a couple of pairs of tickets that we're giving away through the app as well. So a couple of different options there for you to be a winner. As we do typically, we answer today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, baseball-related. Which of the following most likely represents the National League in the World Series, Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York, or San Diego? We know, Bob, you're on Atlanta's side of things, but now we get the explanation. Yeah, I am. I just think they're the best team, you know, one through 26, or really one through, I think you need to, when you talk about baseball now, it's, you know, the 26-man Opening day roster is not going to be probably close to what it looks like when we get to September the 1st, etc. I don't know what the exact date is whenever the regular season ends, but uh, I know what day it starts, and it's tomorrow, the 30th of, uh, of March, so I know that part. But uh, the one thing, the biggest concern I had about the, the, uh, the excuse me, the uh, Braves here would be shortstop. Von Grissom was terrible in spring training defensively. They sent him back. And he's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be in the major leagues for a little while unless he has a defensive resurgence. Uh, so they're going with R.C. at shortstop. And he's actually hit some home runs in spring training. And R.C. is tremendous defensively. We saw him back in the day when he was with Milwaukee as a starter and played every day there. So, uh, but uh, a little concerned that uh, when they let Swanson go, I don't think there's any doubt that they just assumed that Grissom would be able to fill that role and, Grissom is a young player and had some nice moments last year as a guy who played here and there and not every day. 
and it just didn't work out in the spring training. Uh, they're not comfortable with him to start the season. So hopefully they take care of that. I'm not, there's not, I don't think, at least to my knowledge, and I looked into this a little bit, uh, I don't think there's an abundance of shortstops they can go out and get during the uh, before the trade deadline. And like, they never know what's going to happen between now and the end of end of July. But so that that's my biggest concern about the Braves. But I think they're the best, and I think they're, uh, you know, they always seem to have prospects. They just come kind of come out of nowhere. Harris last year, obviously, and yeah, you know, Grissom was anticipated to be that guy this year, and at least at the start of the season, that part's not working out. So for me, uh, you know, the Dodgers, I think, lost a lot of pieces, didn't really do a whole lot of explosive things like we're accustomed to seeing them do in the offseason. And, and so while I can't, you know, completely disregard them, I'm not sure I'm very high on them right now, uh, especially when you're in a division with the Padres and everything that they've been able to do. Uh, I do have some questions for the Padres just on pitching. I, I know you Darvish was unbelievable last year and he uh, was rewarded with a contract. I, I guess for me, sometimes I'm always waiting for the wheels to fall off with him. So when he's uh, certainly being counted on, uh, I'm uh, just a little bit concerned about all of that. And you need the pitching to be able to match with what you've done on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Uh, so for, for me, though, it, it does come down to Atlanta and San Diego for for New York and the the Mets. I think the Edwin Diaz thing is not great. I think a multitude of other injuries are not great. I think uh, relying on Justin Verlander, relying on Max Scherzer, uh, whether or not they can stay healthy for the entire season, questions remain there. So when it comes to bat production as well for the Mets, I think that there's a couple of pieces missing there. But the thing about the Mets is that their owner is certainly uh, not shy about spending money so if something does come available for them uh, that makes sense before the trade deadline I think he's willing to pull the trigger to do it so that's kind of I guess my one caveat there and uh, just to be different here and I guess go along with uh, most of the masses here let's go with the Padres all right my biggest concern about the Padres a couple of weeks ago was you know Musgrove and and also Juan Soto uh, who you know had some issues a couple of weeks ago here, and now it looks like Soto's going to be. Uh, he actually played. Uh, you know, I don't know if he played an official spring training game. I know he played in a couple of B games and on the backfields, etc. And Musgrove actually pitched in one of those games. So you know, the fact that we thought maybe a couple weeks ago, are they going to be ready to begin the season? Uh, and they they play some games earlier this year, and think, you know, the division. I think. One thing we didn't talk about is the schedule has changed so much more now. You don't play 19 teams in your own division. It's only 13. And actually, I think that one thing that that really benefits the Mets more than anybody we've discussed here because they don't have to play Atlanta and Philadelphia 19 times this year. Last year, I think they beat the Phillies like 13 of the 19, but they played them all. The large majority of those games were very early in the season uh, when the Mets were hot and the Phillies were not. Uh, so like the, the the way that the schedule has been changed, I think, uh, is going to play a role. And I think it's kind of unpredictable, at least for me, uh, especially when I get into win totals. And I've tried to deal with this for years now. I'm not used to what it's been for you know, 19 games against your division opponents and la-di-da. Uh, now it's completely different. So you know, that, I think that benefits St. Louis, quite frankly. In the the central, because uh, you know, actually, actually, pardon me, it really hurts St. Louis in the central because they're not playing 
uh, 19 games against uh, you know the Cubs, uh, who are going to be better, uh, and uh, not playing 19 games against the Reds, who are going to be atrocious, and Pittsburgh, who's going to be better than atrocious, but not very good. The masses are on the Padres side of things. San Diego, 54% of the vote. Then you have L.A. at 23%. New York busting out of its tie at 15%. And pulling up the rear is Atlanta at 8% of the vote. This is KDOS 106. I got a lot of pull here, huh? (laughs) Well, maybe now after you've given your explanation, we'll see a flood of Atlanta votes. Uh, I'm sure we will. Everybody's on my side. KDOS1060.com for that. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. The Diamondbacks win total. It's sitting at 75 and a half wins on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Last year, 74 wins for the Diamondbacks, which uh, was much improved from the year before. Maybe a little unexpected as well at how much improved it was. Certainly, we'll be counting on the younger players yet again. And you have to ask yourself, are you going to be able to get the same production from Zach Allen? Are you going to be able to get Get the same production from Merrill Kelly. I do think uh, that we have maybe seen the 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 the. the the script be flipped for Zach Allen and that he's finally found it and is going to be reaching that potential that you know you certainly talked a lot about. So uh, I do think that there is going to be some high expectations for him. There's going to be high expectations for Corbin Carroll as they have already you know inked him to his eight-year deal. Will Cattell Marte kind of bounce back? He had an injury plague season and after signing his contract, I don't know if we saw uh, the massive production that we saw leading him up to that contract. So will he be able to to, to bounce back and they made the trade for Moreno and now he's going to be counted on behind the plate with Carson Kelly's injury so a lot of young guys uh, certainly being counted on if they get off to a hot start uh, you know that can be a good thing and a bad thing right with being young players starting in the major leagues and maybe thinking this is this is easy if they get off to a slow start kind of getting down on themselves and a little bit frustrated but I think in general there seems to be a really good attitude and uh environment that the Diamondbacks have tried to cultivate here. So I would trend in the direction that they would be going over 75 and a half wins. In addition to what you've been saying about the not having to play 19 games in the division anymore. I think that obviously helps not having to play the Dodgers and the Padres as many times. I think that part's the biggest reason you could consider the over here. I've just decided in the last five minutes, literally that I'm not going to bet this. If I were, it would be over. But I'm not going to bet it because I'm really concerned about the catching situation. Marino uh, is in there now. He's considered to be the best catching prospect in baseball. uh, And he really didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to get at bats in Toronto because that's a position that they're, I don't know, know, stocked is maybe too big of a term, but they've already got two guys. So I guess stocked is a good term. Uh, But the, the pitchers, you know, they love throwing to Carson Kelly. Uh, and obviously he's going to be out for several months, it appears, uh, to begin the season after he was injured in spring training. So that's the one thing that is preventing me for, for actually betting this over the total, but forced to answer the question. I think it's more likely that it would go over. I considered over 75 and a half. I never considered betting it under. The masses are on the over at 62.5% of the vote, under sitting at 37.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. I do have a question for you because we've been talking about the 
uh, you know, not having to play as many games, not having to play 19 games now in uh, division play. But when it comes to this start for the Diamondbacks, you got four on the road against the, the Dodgers, and then you have two against the Padres, then back home again for the Dodgers. Do you like that or not like that, that so many of these games that have reduced this year are at the start of the year? I have no idea what to think of this schedule. <laughs> I really, I've thought it, I thought it over. I've like, there's no really re- way for me to research it because it's kind of different than what we've seen in recent years. I got no clue, and it's different for different teams. And I, you know, the good news, if, you know, if the Diamondbacks are just okay at the start, they'll have played eight of their nineteen, excuse me, eight of their thirteen games against the Dodgers in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, the bad news is if they start poorly, they could lose some of those games. And, you know, their their first, uh, what is it, their first uh, eight plus two, first at least their first ten games, I haven't gone beyond that, but their first ten games of the season are against San Diego and Los Angeles. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting construction, and I wasn't sure that that – I mean, obviously, as you pointed out, if you go out and you're blistering and you're winning these games, and that's great. You have those that edge in the win column already to start the year, uh, and you don't have to worry about it later on. But uh, I don't know. Ease into the season, I guess. That would be good. I'd kind of uh, like to ease my way into the baseball season anyway. Uh, not as far as viewing, but as far as wagering for sure. We wrap up this edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports on the other side of the break. It is Wednesday. It is March 29th. Bob Kemp, Kale Mortolaro with you. One more segment to go next. social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Today's Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's that time once again, Bob. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else up to the cracks. Also, our guest today, we had the American League, excuse me, a National League preview with Matt Schneider from CBSSports.com. And we talked uh, Baltimore Ravens, mostly Lamar Jackson, but a little bit about Calais Campbell leaving to go for the uh, leaving the Ravens for the Atlanta Falcons. Luke Jones, Luke Jones joined us from WNST. And uh, usually I'm talking to Luke in the playoffs over the years uh, or the preseason preview. But uh, good to talk to Luke and uh, the end of March. A little different. And certainly the situation there is different. Uh, sound of the day courtesy of LAD 570. Also, KWFN, Valley Sports Arizona, ABC, CBS, and Fox. As always, special thanks to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. 
Up next, you have uh, Sports Map Radio Network from noon to 1 o'clock, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the uh, Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. In addition to that, tonight it is the debut of Dugout Chatter for the 2023 season with Lily Bloomquist and Tim Healy as the host. You can hear that Good tonight. there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Another win last night as well. Uh, they sweep the Wildcats. They're atop the Pac-12 stand. So things are going well as of right now for Sun Devil Baseball, and that's tonight at 7 p.m. So we had spent some time talking about how the first weekend for March Madness had just absolutely crushed it in the ratings. Not so much for the Elite Eight. You had more than 11. As expected. Yeah. More than 11 million watched Miami and Texas on CBS, which is down 17% from last year's UNC and St. Peter's matchup, which uh, ended up being the lowest rated and least watched Elite Eight in that window in the last seven years. San Diego State and Creighton, uh, 8.34 million, down 12% from the previous year. Almost 8 million watched UConn and Gonzaga on TBS Saturday night, and more than 7 million watched FAU's win over k-state which was down just one percent yeah and i know the speculation out there that with this final four this weekend that viewership's going to be way down this weekend compared to recent years also so we'll see how all of that unfolds sticking with college hoops here uh bobby hurley addressed the media yesterday following his contract extension a couple of things that stood out obviously is the era that we live in with the transfer portal an exact quote here from bobby hurley the transfer portal we've been very aggressive in exploring multiple ways that we're going to surround the core of this coming team with players that will put us in a position to take further steps than we did this year Frankie Collins and Devin Cambridge will return. Warring Washington has eligibility remaining if he'd like to return. Bobby Hurley also said what he told the players. I told everybody, I want all you guys back because I think you guys have elevated Arizona State basketball, but you're also elevated Arizona State basketball. So thank you if this isn't the place. So he's recognizing that there's been improvements here, but with improvements, they might be able to uh, get something else elsewhere. Say later, goodbye. <laughs> it's almost for a couple people, apparently. So we'll see how this goes. And just because you know the transfer portal doesn't mean you're gone. You're exploring, and some guys have you know not necessarily here or in Tucson for that matter uh, have returned. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, you know obviously, uh, you know, Creasa in Tucson, and you know, there's you know, there, I think there's like two or three players in, for each school now that have, quote, entered the transfer portal. So we'll see what happens. Uh, then you sticking with Pac-12 hoops here, uh, some more college basketball uh, coaches being hired today. And Cal has hired Mark Madsden. And we were talking a little bit about that in break. Yeah, Madsen's, uh, you know, certainly uh, one of the. Uh, I think most well-known players uh, in the Stanford days. So going to the arch rival, and it's not like we haven't seen something like this before because Mike Montgomery, who coached Madsen at Stanford, eventually ended up at Cal, uh, which nobody would have ever imagined uh, when he was coaching at Stanford. So we'll see how that goes. I know there was just a few days ago speculation that Randy Bennett uh, with Valley Ties uh, from his Mesa days uh, now at St. Mary's, would uh, leave St. Mary's to go to Cal, but obviously either that was uh, an inaccurate report or uh, there was you know, this couldn't close the deal. 
As for tonight, the Suns are hosting the Timberwolves, 7 p.m., Valley Sports, Arizona, ESPN, uh, expecting it to be Kevin Durant's home debut with the squad. Now, I thought it was interesting in the sports zone, you had also mentioned that the Nets have shut down Ben Simmons. If we remember correctly, Ben Simmons signed a five-year, fully guaranteed $177 million maximum extension with the 76ers back in 2019. He was traded to the Nets in the James Harden deal. And I remember everyone saying, uh, you know, that the Nets are going to be so much better now with with Ben Simmons uh, and and this whole grouping of, of players. And now, you know, Kevin Durant's on a different team. Uh, Kyrie Irving's on a different team. Ben Simmons has been shut down. He played... So interesting. I had 42 games this season. You had 36 games or something this season. So he obviously, though, hasn't played very many games. I'm just curious, at what point do NBA teams say this just isn't working, Uh, whether it's injury related, whether it's actual drive to play the sport of basketball? This just isn't working with Ben Simmons. Write out your contract and we'll see you later. Yeah, I have no idea what his contractual situation is. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. And there's a whole bunch of guys at this point of the season shutting it down, and they, they should shut it down. If you've got an injury and you're out of it, uh, this has nothing This has nothing to do with load management. This just has to do with you know, teams that are already done, and you know there's no reason for Damian Lillard to play the rest of the season, and he's not going to play the rest of the season. A couple guys in Charlotte – uh, I assume we're going to see this in the next you know, couple of weeks before the end of the regular season that some other guys on bad teams who are good players who have some ailments are just going to say, we're done for the year, whether it's the player or the team or both. Yeah, for me, I wouldn't lump Damian Lillard in with Ben Simmons' situation. And maybe Ben Simmons really is actually injured and I'm being completely unfair. I guess I'm just really exhausted from all of the Ben Simmons talk and how extraordinary he was supposed to be. And it never materialized. And and I'm just not sure that he mentally wants to play the game of basketball. Like, there's just not a whole lot of love for the sport. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, I've been around. I don't follow it close enough to know whether that's accurate or not. I know that it's been out there. So I think it's an understandable question, but uh, we'll see. And, uh, you know, needless to say, this. You know, by the way, the same people that said that Simmons was going to be great for the Nets, they also said when they got the big three that they were going to win multiple championships, and they fell a little short of that. Well, it's interesting. I believe it was last week that the big three of Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Johnson, and Mikel Bridges have already played more minutes than the big three of James Harden, Kevin Durant, (laughs) and Kyrie Irving. So that's not a great start. But thank you all for listening to The Extra Point. Uh, The Extra Point on tomorrow at 10 a.m.